Welcome to the Do Something Beautiful podcast. I am your host, Leah Darrow, and I share with you inspirational people who are truly doing something beautiful to make our world better. We are inspired by Mother Teresa who said, do something beautiful for God. Do it with your life. Do it every day. Do it in your own way, but do it. Hello, we are live and welcome to our Advent retreat. Oh my gosh, so many of you. Hello, hello. So great to see you. Let us know in the chat where you are from. Hello, let's see Alexander's from North Carolina. Oh my gosh, there's quite a few of you. Let me tell you guys, welcome so much. I am Leah Darrow. I'm your host. Today we get to speak with Sister Miriam, but before we get into that, let me just kind of let you know what we're doing here. So this Advent, I wanted us to be able to really focus in on the Holy Family and try to meditate throughout Advent on that beautiful family. That should be the icon for all of us um, in our own family. And so to do that, uh, the first three Mondays of Advent, what we're doing is I'm bringing on a special guest and they're going to chat with us about a certain person in the Holy Family and how that relates to the Holy Family and how we can better prepare. So ideally, these Mondays, we'll have this chat, we'll listen to one of our speakers, and then we'll spend that little time throughout the week allowing the Holy Spirit to just allow that to mature and to grow in thought and meditation. So as I was mentioning, and we have so many of you have signed up. So thank you so much. We have well over, I think almost 3000 people who have signed up already for the Advent retreat. The plan for this evening is that Sister Miriam, our guest speaker tonight, will be speaking on the topic of Our Lady, um, our Mother Mary and her relationship inside the Holy Family as we prepare for Advent. And it's really beautiful, the angle that Sister Miriam is going to be, or, or the maybe the attribute of Our Lady that Sister Miriam is going to be speaking about. It's just, it's just beautiful. So welcome so much. I'm, I'm welcome. I am so, so happy that you all are, are all here. I'm trying to look at all of the chats, but you guys are coming in. It's pretty rapid here of what's <laughs> happening. So we've got Australia, we've got Georgia, we've got Belize, Texas, Washington, Latonia, Wisconsin, New Orleans, Missouri. Oh my goodness. California, Alaska. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. We're so happy that you are here. All right, so we're going to go ahead and get started. So Sister Miriam, Sister Miriam is, I'm very fortunate. She's a very dear friend of mine, but also just a wonderful, wonderful sister of mine too. So Sister Miriam, welcome to being a part of the Advent Retreat. And why don't you just kind of take it away? Tell us what you're going to talk about with Our Lady, and I'll let you kind of just go go from there. Well, hello, friends. I, Leah, hi, my dear friend. It's so lovely to see you. And I was commenting on your, your, that's your mama's beautiful Christmas tree right in the background. Yes. Yes. At mama's house tonight. Yes. Yeah. How fitting. How fitting. Yeah. So, well, when uh, Leah asked me to be part of this uh, event, which I was just delighted to, to be part of, um, she asked me to speak about Our Lady. And I, I love Our Lady so much. And I know we all do. And I love her so much. And the first attribute that came to my heart about Our Lady to talk about, especially during this time as we journey toward Bethlehem and we journey toward the coming of our Savior is uh, the tenderness of Mary. And so I have a quote that I would love to read uh, to all of you from um, uh, Mother Mary Francis, who's a, a poor Claire um, abbess, and she's just a wonderful woman, full of wisdom. And she passed away many years ago, and just her, her, her words are like jewels. But maybe what we could do, Leah, can we just pray? Would that yeah. be all right as we begin? Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to um, just invite all of us who are watching right now, um, if you're not driving and you can, I'm just going to invite you just to close your eyes just for a second and just take a deep breath. Just take a deep breath through your nose all the way in. 
And let's just breathe out all the way. Just a really light, nice, long exhale. And let's just breathe in all the way in through our nose. And just all the way out. And just before we begin, I just would like to invite you, and I often do this, just to invite you just to just to offer to the Lord whatever's on your heart this evening. And for many of us, maybe this is the first time we've had a chance just to kind of sit and be. But I just want to give you a chance just to sit with the Lord for just a second and just offer to the Lord whatever's on your heart right now. And just be very honest. Let's just take another deep breath all the way in and just all the way out. And let's begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for this time together. And I just ask that you would cover every single one of us in your precious blood. All of us that are here live, all of us that will listen to this episode or watch it later. Lord, I pray that through your precious blood, you would defend us against any attacks of the enemy, any distractions, any fears, any anxieties. Lord, I just pray that you would tuck us away in your sacred heart this evening. That we could just rest in you and in the loveliness of your mama. We thank you for this time of Advent, this time of preparation to prepare our hearts for you to be born anew, Lord Jesus. We ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would overshadow us, that you would bring Jesus to birth in each one of us in a new way this year, a way unlike any other. We ask you, Father, that you would father us, that you would show yourself a good father to each one of us. And Mother Mary, as we speak about you this evening, I just pray that you would intercede for us so deeply. Mother, I pray that you would speak a word to each one of us as your children. We each need to hear from our mama. And I just pray, Mom, that you would just wrap us in your mantle and that you would be with us, that you'd be with us in a very special way this evening, but also throughout this Advent season in a particular way. And we come together as one family and we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Tenderness, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I, I love, uh, there's a wonderful woman that I was mentioning before, and her name is Mother Mary Francis, and she's a poor Claire. Uh, she's a poor Claire abbess, and she lived in New Mexico for many years. And she has many books out. She was a prolific author, and she has a book out for Advent, which I would highly recommend. It's just some wonderful Advent resources. But the one that I'm going to read to you from tonight is called Cause of Our Joy, and it's called Walking Day by Day with Our Lady. And it's just so, there's so many rich jewels in here, but she talks about different titles of Mary. And um, under the title of Our Lady Help of Christians, this is what stuck out to me, and I'm going to talk about it in three parts this evening. And just as I speak to you this evening, I just want to invite you to notice kind of what happens in your own heart as we talk about Our Lady. And, you know, all of us come from a mother. Every single person on earth uh, spent around nine months, maybe less, maybe more, uh, tucked away in the womb of a woman. Did you know that by the time you were 12 weeks old, you could discern between the touch of your mother when she touched her womb versus somebody else? You were immersed within her. You knew her voice. You knew her emotions. You felt her chemical reactions when she was afraid or she was had anxiety or she was excited or, or she was overwhelmed. You were instinctively within her and you became one with her. And every single one of us has a story of our mothers. And 
Um, every single one of us, except for Jesus, have a, we have a mother who um, isn't perfect. And, and our natural, our biological mothers have beauty and sorrow and, and joy and sadness. And they have all, you know, different limitations and different gifts. And so every single one of us has a story of, of, of our mom. And sometimes I think when we, especially when we talk about Our Lady, we can kind of project our mothers, our biological mothers, our earthly mothers onto her. And, and the beautiful thing of what Mary shows us and how she, how she embraces us is that as a woman full of grace and as a woman who is without sin, Our Lady is somebody who has um, no self-defense mechanisms and she has no limitations. She has no biases. She doesn't look at you and want you for her own sake, or she doesn't look at you and compare you to your brothers or sisters. Um, she's not impatient. She's not narrow-minded. She's, she's magnanimous and she's expansive and she's lovely and she's beautiful. And she sees, she sees us because she sees the way that God sees through the gift of the grace that God has given her. She sees in, in the fullness of a human, the way a human can, the way that God sees, she sees us in our wholeness. She sees us in our beauty. She sees us in the truth. And one of the particular gifts that that women, that we as women have is our, our ability to nurture, to receive. That's the way God made us in, in body and soul. Um, our ability to be attentive to the other, our ability to receive another, our sensitivity, our nurturing. And and every single one of us needs a mom. Every single one of us. No, nobody gr ever grows too old to be mothered in, in the most beautiful of ways. And so when we talk about these things, I just want to be very um, just just tender to your heart there of just all the ways that, you know, all of us have kind of a push-pull thing sometimes with mothers. And even when we talk about Our Lady, we can either kind of, you know, put her on a pedestal in a way of kind of relating her as to one-dimensional or we, we can dismiss her. And so just noticing if there's things that happen in your heart this evening, just to notice that and just to ask Jesus to kind of help you with that and ask Our Lady to speak to you about that. And and because one of the things I love about her and just the, um, the restoration of my own heart of, of being adopted, of being given away at birth and, and being raised by a, a wonderful adoptive mother, but having also a foster mother too for a few months and just kind of having a story of, of mothers and the restoration of my own femininity is I've found the truth of who Our Lady is to be absolutely captivating. She is so lovely. She's so lovely. And she's so kind and she's so tender and she's so strong. And her only desire is to, is to bring us to the safety of her refuge, to, to shelter us in her heart, to shelter us in her womb and to bring us closer to her son. She has no other motive than that. And so that is her heart. And so um, what I came across in this particular quote by Mother Mary Frances, it talks about Our Lady as a home. And uh, there's a particular gift that women have to be home. We talk about a woman makes a, you know, a house a home. And she's the heart of the home. And so Our Lady, in, in, a, in a way par excellence, is the woman who does that. And she she shows us, and not just kind of an, at, a, at a detached kind of distance, but she shows us through herself, through her their life she wants to share with us of, about who we are as, as women, especially to be home. So this is what Mother Mary Frances says, and I just absolutely love it. She says, Our Lady is a home where people are helped to be what they can be, to grow to the maturity for which God has destined them. Like her, the family is called to be a place where someone helps me rise when I stumble, and always a hand reaches out to me, and my hand goes out to the stumbling one. So right there, she talks about how Our Lady is a home that help that helps people mature. She's a safe refuge. She's a safety uh, 
St. Edith Stein, um, Teresa Benedict of the Cross says, a woman's soul is a shelter in which other souls may unfold. And we see this in a very beautiful way of Our Lady. And we think about home, you know, as home is warmth, it's, it's, it's tenderness, it's, it's stability, it's foundation. All of us have an intrinsic desire in our hearts to go home. <laughs> I, sometimes I jokingly say, do you ever just want to take your ball and go home? Like, yeah, like, all right, all right y'all, I'm out of here. I just want to go home. Like, I just, I want to go home. And all of us have a, have a desire to go home because it's an echo of the garden because God is our home. And there's a particular way that Mary, especially as a woman, is home. And I think of her, you know, during this time of preparing for Jesus' birth of, you know, them kind of a, an, uh, and this, a sudden departure of having to go to Bethlehem and kind of this out of the ordinary thing, but just her reality of preparing their home. Like she would have prepared a home with Joseph and they would have prepared for a baby like every other man and woman would when they're expecting a child, a husband, a wife, they're, they're preparing for a baby. And, and she would have been nesting and preparing for, for Jesus to come. And, and her heart would have been desired to make their home a home, but also a beautiful home as a, a wife to Joseph. That Joseph is her spouse, a real spouse. And so her desire to, to receive him, to love him, to be a safe place for him, to create a safe space. That's what a woman does to create a safe space so people can bloom and grow. And so what Mother Mary Francis is saying here is that she, she's a home where people can grow to the maturity for which God has destined them. That she's allowing the growth. She's not um, in her in her femininity. She, her femininity is lived in its wholeness. Sometimes we, as women, you know, part of our brokenness is we grasp or we try to, you know, change people into kind of our own image and likeness and things like that. And Mary doesn't do that. Her heart is to allow her children, her sons and daughters, to grow into the very place, um, into the very maturity that God is calling us to. Okay, so. So she herself is a home. We can find refuge in her. Like a mother is a home for her baby. And in her heart, she will always in a, in a certain way be a home. But our mother forever, she, she's our home. And she's, she is safe. She is safe. And, you know, we only in our life, we only grow and heal and mature, and we mature from what we feel safe to do so. And Mary is a safe place to do so. So she's, so she's a home. Okay. So Mother Mary Francis is going to go on. She's going to continue here. And she's talking about the titles of Our Lady. And she says, the titles that the church heaps upon Our Lady shows Our Lady both as, as the home maker and the home. Okay. So, you know, sometimes we talk about kind of, it's kind of an older term now, homemaker and kind of like, oh, well, gosh, you know, woman's, she, she just says that, but she's talking about somebody who makes a home. Somebody who's not just a home, a finder, but somebody who actually creates a space where others feel safe creates a space where others can grow into maturity. It creates a space where people can hear the truth and love creates a space of shelter and warmth and humility and kindness and joy and beauty. And every single one of us wants to live in a space like that. Okay. So this is what mother Mary Francis is saying. She says, when we are being home makers for other people, we are also being a home ourselves. And she says, we must be all these things to one another. We must be, these are gorgeous. We must be a lookout tower. We must be a place of beauty. We must be a refuge. We must be a help. We must be a strength. And we must be a consolation. So even if you think of those, my dear friends, as is we as women, especially, but men in a particular way have a role in that as well. But when we talk about Our Lady, especially as, as the one who is home and the home maker. She is what a lookout tower, a lookout tower, is somebody who's looking out on the horizon, 
looking for any signs of danger, but also watching for the rising of the sun, the one who sees at a distance. And that's what Our Lady does. She's a, she is a lookout tower, a place of beauty, you know, a place of, of harmony and symmetry and, and healing and rest, this place of, of beauty. And that's who she is. She's a refuge, a place where we can go and find rest at any time. Like when you were a, you know, a little kid, many times what we do with it, when we're in distress, not when we're just little, but anytime a human person is in distress, their first reaction is to go and find comfort in somebody who's safe, whether that's a spouse, whether that's a friend, whether that's mom and dad, whether that's somebody that somebody that represents safety. And, and the closer the ties, the stronger those desires get. So we talk about it attachment figures as you know our mother and father ideally when we're little but also our spouse or people that are really close to us when we when we're experiencing distress we want to find a refuge but it's not in just times of distress we want to to rest in the heart of of people we want to be able to rest in the presence of 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 others and and i think also i know for myself as well we also want to be a place of rest isn't it so we probably all had this experience and maybe not verbatim, but we've all had an experience hopefully in our life where somebody has come to us and said, you're a safe place for me. Like you're, you're I feel, I feel like I can be myself with you to me. Like that's one of the highest compliments we can be given is when somebody feels that they can be themselves and they know that we're going to tell them the truth. We know, they know that we're, we're in it for the long haul. Like there's a beauty, there's a longevity to, to the rest and the restoration that happens in those places. And that's what a refuge is. She's also a help, right? So she's the help of Christians. She's somebody who, when we are in distress or we need help or we need advice or guidance, or she's going to help us when we need to know the way. I can't tell you how many times in my prayer I turn to her and I just say, Mother, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know everything. I'm very little. <laughs> I'm very little and I'm very imperfect. And I'm like, I don't know what to do, friends. Many times throughout my day, I turn to the Holy Spirit. I turn to Our Lady. I turn to Jesus like, Jesus, tell me what to do here. Or I'm experiencing distress here. I'm feeling like this and I want to say this or I don't want to say this. And I know it wouldn't be helpful either way. So what? How, tell me what's happening in my heart. I, I need help. And it's okay. And sometimes I think we're so afraid as adults, we call it adulting, that we somehow are self-reliant and dependent. And nothing else works like that. Which is why Jesus says, let the little children come to me. Like, let them come for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that, you know, God is old enough so that we could all be his children. <laughs> that Our Lady is, is old enough, so to speak, in grace that we can all be her children. And she's not put off by that. She's not put off by that. So she's a help. She's a strength for us. And she's a consolation. So she is somebody who will always point us to Christ. She was, is somebody who will not fail us. She is somebody who, when we need consoling, she will come and console us and she will come and tell us the truth, you know? So that, that the reality of this is what a homemaker does. Somebody who creates an atmosphere of all these things. And yes, we, we on, in our humanity, we're not perfect and we're going to make mistakes and we're going to have to repair. And that's just fine. We're going to go to people and we're going to say, you know what? I'm sorry I did this. Or we're going to see defects in ourselves. We're going to see areas where we're wounded and where we sin and where we're not safe. You know, my goodness, I, the Lord has shown me some places in my own heart where I needed to see that about myself. I didn't know that about myself. And so the Lord's going to, to, to bring his love into these places so that our hearts can grow so that people can find a refuge in us and that we can be vessels of grace in the world. Okay. So, and this is what so Mother Mary Francis is going to talk about. That's essentially the mission to be a home, to be a, and a homemaker is essentially the mission of the Catholic church. 
because you think about that, we talk about the church as, as, as bride, like the church is the bride of Christ. She's also feminine. She's a mother. The church is mother, mother church. If you've ever been to St. Peter's in Rome and you know that the great, you know, St. Peter's Basilica, the colony, Bernini's colonnade, it, you know, it wraps around the, the piazza and that's on purpose. They're round. It's supposed to be the arms, like hugging you into the church, like the womb of the church. And so she's like, that's the mission of the church. She, Mother Mary Francis says, the church is home and homemaker. She is a home for us all. So Our Lady is essentially the first physical home of God himself and always our home. And we must strive to make a home for one another, a home of peace, a home of love, a home of worship, and a home as a focus on God. And I know that's a lot. I think there's, there may, maybe Leah, when she sends out this recording, kind of, kind of send you this quote so you can kind of see it yourself. But this is when we talk about, we, we, just, we speak about Advent and we speak about the coming of Jesus. And we talk about, you know, Mary just physically enveloping Christ and, and containing, you know, the, the King of Kings in her womb. I just, the humility of God is so stunning. And what we know now from fetal science is that, you know, the child in the womb trades cells with the mother. The mother has cells of the baby in her body and the, the baby has cells of the mother in his, in, his, in his body too. And you just think of like just the, the homeostasis of just the home that she provided and Joseph with his arms around her. And then even as the baby's born in, in a stable, right, you know, kind of the most, one of the most inhospitable places that Our Lady, because of who she is, she still makes it a home. She, she makes it a home. She is the home. She's the refuge. Jesus nursed at her breasts and he rested upon her heart. And, and Joseph found consolation and, and rest there. And it just think of, of the people who, who interacted with Mary and just the hiddenness and the humility that the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and, and the most beautiful woman to ever live, lived next door to people like just neighbors next door. And people had no idea. And, and I could just imagine when they would interact with her because of her grace and because of she wasn't infected with sin, she wasn't shattered by sin, like the wholeness, like people would have just had to be so just captivated and edified by her presence. And I think, you know, even if they didn't know what was happening, they would probably just say there's something different about her. <laughs> like there's this, she's so lovely. She's just so lovely and she's so real and she's so authentic and just the, and the beauty of who she is. And it's that life that she is, calling us to my dear friends calling us to not to consumerism not to divisiveness not to hatred not to you know in the sterility of the heart and just the harshness that it is so easy to fall into that especially as we begin a new liturgical year we i don't know if you know this but you know the church started a new liturgical year yesterday it is a brand new year like happy new year y'all it is a brand new year that we start the brand new year with advent of the preparation of our hearts to have Christ born anew. And, and that started you know, nine months ago. And because, you know, a woman said, yes, she gave her fiat and the Holy spirit overshadows her. And Christ is literally born in her. And, and in that, yes, you see the restoration of, of the, of the home, right? The restoration of the Holy family, the restoration of the family in the Holy family, you see the restoration and the beauty and the home and our lady, she is home and she is home maker. And through watching her, how she lives her life and watching how she loves and watching how she stands beside Jesus and Joseph and how she takes care of both of them and how she receives their love. I can't tell you how many times in my prayer 
I just sit at Nazareth and I just sit at the kitchen table with Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. And they're so lovely. Like they're fun and they're funny and they're kind and they're, they're just so full of life. It's just, it's such a consolation. And when even, you know, as they speak the truth to me, and sometimes they have to tell me things that I want to hear and things that I don't want to hear, but it's just so incredibly life-giving and beautiful. And, and the reason why we find those characteristics so captivating is because that's what it means to be truly human. And I really think that in our heart of hearts, like I said earlier, I think this is what all of us want. All of us want to be a home. All of us want to be, you know, an edifice of protection and, and strength and goodness and consolation and, and courage and virtue and, and magnanimity and, and goodness and beauty and excellence. All of us want that. All of us want to love excellently. All of us want to be loved excellently. You know, all of us want to have a place where we can go and, and bring our most vulnerable self, the tiniest part of us, the place that we're so afraid that if anybody saw it, they would run away from us. All of us want to bring that place to someone and be loved there. And that is what our, that's, that's what our lady does. She, that's what she does. She loves us there. And as Jesus comes to redeem humanity and in a particular way, the, 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 the lived out excellence of masculinity, Our Lady comes in that cooperation with thou and you see the redeemed, just the living out of the beauty of femininity. And, and that's what I, that's what I want as a woman. I know for myself, like this has been a very, very, very long journey of, of restoration of my own femininity, that, a journey that continues to this day as I sit here before you. And allowing Our Lady to heal my relationship with her, allowing Our Lady to heal my relationship with my mother, allowing Our Lady to heal my relationship with myself as a woman, with other women, with men in my life, with, with people that God has entrusted to me. This is the real work of holiness. Like This is the real work of redemption. This is the real work of a real person, and her name is Mary. And she's real. And she's a real woman and a real daughter, and a real sister, and a real spouse, and a real mother, and she loves you. She loves you. And she would love to be a home for you. And she would love to show you how to make a home from that real reality with, with, with her and Jesus, the interior life, the life of intimacy with God himself as he dwells within us, it's the outflowing of that that allows us, my dear friends, to make a home for others. And it's in that she's teaching us what it means to be human. She's teaching us how to live excellently, that we would be so one with Christ that he could in our hearts be born anew. This, this is the whole, this is the foundation of the Christian life. Christianity is not sin management. It is not behavior modification. It is a complete transformation unto glory. My dear friends, and if we are not about a deep interior life, which is a life that is lived out differently in different states and, and different times in our life, but if we are not about a deep interior life with, with God and allowing Mary to come and allowing St. Joseph to come, if, if we're not about that, I don't know what we're about. And I'm saying this as much to myself as I'm saying it to you. I've been so convicted of that lately, of just the power and the beauty of the truth of the intimacy of God and how he loves us. And it's how when we rest in that, this is not another thing for us, that when we rest in that truth, that we are eternally loved, that we are eternally home in God, and that He resides right here within us, that we receive Him when we receive the Holy Eucharist, that we are cleansed of our sins when we go to confession, which is something I want to invite every single one of us to this Advent season, is to go to confession, to make a good, holy, lay it all out there confession, because there's nothing that can replace that. 
when we sink more deeply into that truth of who we are, sons and daughters, that changes everything. And then we can become little (laughs) and the little parts of us have a home. And we begin to see ourselves as God sees us and see others as God sees us. And I don't know about you, but I think that's what the world needs more than anything today is to be able to see as God sees and to love as he loves. And that's what he's doing in our hearts. And that's what Advent's about, the preparation for the one who loves us. And that's what he wants to do. So that, Leah, is kind of a bit of um, what I wanted to share this evening. So, yeah. Just just a few thoughts, huh? <laughs> So beautiful. I was, yeah, I was, I'm sure as we all were, all of us, there's quite a few of us on tonight. So thank you all for joining us. I think right now, currently, and it keeps, the number keeps ticking up, but we have almost 800 people live right now. Wow. And what you're saying, sister, is so important for us women in particular. Welcome men if you're here, but in particular for us women to really hear when we hear that term, homemaker that really struck me personally i mean i'm a mom so maybe that's it was hitting me harder but i wish i would have rehabilitated that word in my heart before i became a mother mm-hmm. and that word points to so many wounds in my own life because yeah. of how feminist theory and feminism in general has kind of seeped into my thoughts and actions as a younger woman and then having to kind of like get myself back on the right track and then really embrace, well, who am I as a woman, as a wife, as a mother, and then embrace homemaker as a place of not just holiness, because it absolutely is, but like where, where God's glory can manifest so beautifully within me in creating a home that could really transform my life and the life of anyone who enters into my physical home, my presence, my heart, my words, my work, all of which that is. I just, for me personally, that's is what something that struck me and where I'm at and my own wounds and my own healing that God continues to work on me in. I just, there's so many things. I, I think it would be beautiful for us to open up the chat. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with just one of the most recent ones. I'm going to kind of work, work, work my way. Okay. So, all right. So here's a question from Vanessa. Vanessa says, are there any foundational action steps that we can implement, especially in a season of singleness? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I would highly recommend a study of theology of the body. I, I, I really can't recommend that enough. Leah, I know you, we both been to the TOB Institute and that, and uh, in combination with um, Dr. Bob Schutz's book, Be Healed. I would highly recommend that because it talks about, you know, the truth of who we are, John Paul II's catechesis of masculinity and femininity and taking it in, in a way. And there's so many people who've done wonderful commentaries on it, which makes it so much easier to understand and also implement here. And I think that for me was, I don't know about for you, Leah, I'm sure it was like, that was the beginning of the restoration of like, oh, it's good that I'm a woman, like the way God made my body, like, and just the way he made my emotions and just the the container of who I am as a woman, like I, th- that was for me a, a huge revelation. And then Dr. Bob Schutz's book, Be Healed, is the number one book I recommend on healing across the nation. It talks about Trinitarian love, about the home that we have, and also the places where, um, on this side of heaven, right, where sin and wounds have broken that communion. And so where the Lord is, do- the Lord is bringing us, not fixing us, he's bringing us into wholeness and communion. And I think, because the, the reality is like we as women and men and men and women, like all of us live in identities as, you know, d- daughter, sister, wife, and mother uh, of son, brother, bridegroom, and father. 
how we give the gift of ourselves looks different in different seasons of our life, but that's the, the reality of who we are. And so it's in our nature, whether we're ever biological mothers or not, or whether ever we're like innocence married on this side of heaven or not, it's within our nature to be bride and for men to be bridegroom and for women to be mothers and for men to be fathers. Like that's the most mature part of our identity. And so that's something that we we get, we begin to live out now the truth of, of how are, you know, and that's, that's something we could all ask ourselves tonight before we go to bed, just to sit with Lord and say, Lord, how am I at home? How am I at home for others? Like, how am I at home with you first and foremost? Like, am I at home with you? Where are the places where, and all of us have those places where we're like Adam Eve hiding, you know? So where are the places where I regularly shy away from God, where I'm not at home with God or where I'm not at home in myself, where I, I feel uncomfortable in my own skin, or I just, I don't, I don't like, parts of me. And just to be very honest about that. And then, you know, Lord, am I a home for others? Am I, am I really honestly taking concrete steps to, to make the surroundings that I, I live in, but also my coworkers, the place, the people around, like, am I making that place as much as I can, a place of truth and honesty and goodness and beauty and virtue like that? Those are things that we have that have direct impact in our life and in the lives of others. Everything you said. Yes, I agree with everything Sister Miriam just said. Um, one of the things that I know I learned from Theology of the Body that has stuck with me, it's one of those things that like, it's a line, you know, from the class or something that'll stay with you forever. But I, I remember I remember being taught this very simple truth, but it was a revelation to me. And it was just that as a woman, our biology speaks to our theology. Oh yeah. It's so good. Yeah. And it's just like, I heard that and I was like, boom, I was <laughs> wasted. I was done. I was like, I don't need to hear anything else. It's been with me since that moment, almost 10 years ago. And mm. it reminded me that we have been born as women with a womb for another. There is a mm. womb within us where even if it's never used with biological life, life we were born with this womb, this walking, in a sense, monstrance almost as our lady yes. was so that it could be a home for us. We were born, but we were made for another and that mm -hmm. our biology speaks to our very fate that we were made for God and our journey back to him and, and the broken pieces of sin that we need to go back and receive and get healing with. And I, it just, I just wanted to add that one little bit in as it relates to us and of course our lady and that, and that journey that we're always kind of working with and being able to recognize our femininity and see this as a gift and to see homemaker as something truly as an honor that God has given all women to take part in. Um, mm -hmm. All right, we could go on with that, but there is, there's, there's <laughs> quite a lot of questions. Sure. Ladies, gentlemen, thank you so much for adding in so many questions. We're going to try to get to a, a few more. I feel a lot of pressure to make sure that <laughs> so we're going to ask our lady to like guide me to the questions we need to definitely um, touch on. There's a couple questions in here actually from a few people. Some have been private questions. Well, I won't say your name. There's been a few others that are public questions, but the, here's the gist of the question that I'm getting multiple times. And this is how do we allow Mary to come close to us when our lives are very busy in particular, when we are a working mom. Mm -hmm. And so our time away, um, is, 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 you know, significant. So how do we make how do we embody that mother Mary when we are home with our family? Mm -hmm. Gosh, I know that's hard, isn't it? And I think we, as women, have so many difficult decisions to make and those are not easy things. And I think for me, the prayer that changed my life many years ago was, uh, I just knelt before her one day and I just said, I need to know you. 
like I, I need to know you. I, I don't, I don't know you. I need to know you as a woman. I need to know how to be a daughter. I need to know how to be a bride to your son. I need to know how to be a mother. I don't, and I need, I, I, it was, and it was, I've made that prayer many times since then, but that for me was like, I need to know you. And I think for all of us women, especially, you know, women, if we're working and things like that, just to really spend time, like we have to spend time with her and just to say, I, I need to know you mother. Like, I, I need to know how do I give the gift of my heart here? Like, how do I, how do I, how, how, how can I be a refuge here? How can I do the best with what I have? Like, please, please help me here. And like anything else in life, relationships grow when we cultivate them. And so I really believe like that time of prayer with her every day is going to be very, very important. And it's something that, you know, like anything else in life, especially you, Leah, my gosh, you've got six kids. Like you, I mean, you have so many things things don't just happen. We have to, we have to make it a priority. And so, and, and even when we want to, like, I'm sure there's many times you're like, oh, I wanted to do that, but that didn't happen. But I think all of us, like whether we're doing the dishes or we're changing diapers or we're in traffic or we're at the grocery store or we're in a meeting with our boss, all of us can have heart check-in moments where we turn to our lady and we just say, I love you, or please help me, or bring me closer to your son. I'm just those those are the little things I really think that Paul, when he talks about praying without ceasing, like those are, and sometimes we think, oh, I, I can't do it because I, I'm not in the chapel. And I, we did on our podcast this last Lent, we did a book by Claire Dwyer about St. Elizabeth of the Trinity. And one of the most powerful things we got comments on was, and I can remember it was her telling a story of another woman who wanted to go to adoration. She made all this, you know, and got a sitter for her kids. The whole thing fell through and she's kneeling on the floor that night, picking up Cheerios. One of her kids spilled a bowl of Cheerios all over the floor. And she just was so disappointed that she missed adoration and just she was kneeling on the floor and in that moment Jesus came to her and he said you couldn't come to me so I came to you you know and it's just like that that reality of of keeping of turning our heart ever more deeply and then it becomes second nature it becomes second nature yeah i i, I absolutely agree i think there's every relationship that we have we know you have there has to be some intentionality in it you know yeah. my marriage to my husband doesn't just happen you know, mm -hmm. it's not like, it's not like one day on June 29th, 2012, I just said, okay, yeah, I'm going to marry you. I do. I love you. So now we're good and we can go off and do our thing. Like, it, <laughs> and I know it's obvious, but you have to cultivate that. You have to yeah. talk and to communicate and then you have to figure each other out and learn and work through things. And the same thing with our lady. There's been a lot of other questions here about how do you talk to our lady and how, like, um, what can I say to her? Do I just let everything spill out? There's been those few questions coming in yeah. and I think Sister Marion just pretty much answered it with intentional prayer time. And then those heart check-ins. Yeah. Like, don't be afraid. Like, we can't be so legalistic that we can't yeah. lean to this idea of, like, it has to be, I can only talk to Jesus and Mary in the morning before the kids wake up, and then it's over at that point. Mm -hmm. um, we have to train ourselves to have an internal dialogue, like an open line, always open. It's like you just, you call heaven and you never hang up. It just, stays, <laughs> That's great, yeah. it just stays on and you're mm -hmm. just checking in and you're just, you know, you're just there. And I think when you become and you get comfortable in that habit of talking to our lady is truly a mother that loves us. Yeah. A mother that I loved what you said in the very beginning, sister Miriam, of, of during our, the prayer where you were like a mother that doesn't compare us to her other children, a mother who doesn't have her own wounds to project onto us. Mm-hmm. 
She is a mother, pure and beautiful and good. And she sees us with all of our potential and in the same lens of exactly who we are and bringing us into the place where she can, we can become closer to her son. It's just such yeah. a beautiful thing, but that requires an intentional relationship mm-hmm. of time and, and talking to her with complete honesty because she's already, she already knows, right? <laughs> yeah. She wants to. Don't you, don't you, Leah, don't you want to hear the truth from your kids? Like, don't you really want to hear, even if it's hard, like you, you want to hear the truth. Like you want to hear how they really feel. You want, you know, and, and gosh, you know, it's, and it's true. I think we're afraid at times. Like what if, what if Jesus doesn't want me anymore? What if Mary, you, we can't scandalize them. Like we can't. And that's the beautiful thing is like, they're not. Yeah. We do. And that's what we, you're absolutely right. Like we want our kids, even when we know they've, they're clearly guilty of something. You see it on their face. (laughs) You just look at them and you're like, no, just talk to me. It's okay. Talk to me because you know that they need to say something. They need to initiate. They need to say, I'm sorry. They need to Mm -hmm. admit they need to come to you and you want ideally as the parent, as the mother to look at your children as they come to you with guilt, as they come to you with a wrong and be able to look upon your face and that you're still loving them and you're yes. kind and even almost smiling. Like, I love you. Yeah. Um, let's fix this. Right. Yes. And so our mother looks at us in that same, in that same space. And, um, she is like a friend. We can absolutely share everything with her, just like any mother yeah. would want with her kid, you know? Yeah. Um, and she doesn't have our baggage that we have. Like we can't, mm-hmm. we have to really think of our lady, even though it, because that mo- that word mother is such a loaded word, isn't yes. it? Mm-hmm. And we carry with it our own thoughts of what mother is. Mm-hmm. Maybe some of you have had an amazing relationship with the word mother. And the, and the person of mother in your life. And maybe some of you, it's not been the case. Maybe it's yeah. been absolutely the worst. Maybe it's somewhere in the middle where it's just been manipulative or it's just been rough. But our mother is beyond that level. And mm-hmm. so when we think of mother, it's something um, that we have to expand our heart to accept someone who truly is those those attributes that you said and those titles of Our Lady from the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So I have a few more questions here, like quite quite a few if you're looking as well, sister. Um, so I have a question here from uh, Jocelyn who said her husband is here with her watching watching the um, Advent chat here. She says, I'm hoping that you can expand on the femininity and role of men can adopt. Expand on the femininity and role men can adopt in the making of a home too. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Well, I, I love the gift of men. I love the masculine heart and I, masculinity is not toxic. It's glorious. I just, I love the gift of who men are and the men are, the men are protectors, men are providers, men are the strength that, that cultivates the garden that cultivates the wilderness and brings order to it. They are the strong uh, fortress around. So the woman is safe enough for her heart and her body can bloom. And we know very well when a woman feels safe, her body will bloom, her heart will bloom, her her countenance will bloom when she feels safe. And a man provides a safe container like Adam did in the garden to provide a safe container so Eve can rest, so Eve can grow, so Eve can bloom. And that's how men, that's how men help in, in regard of that regard in that area, not only physically, but also emotionally. Like when men are safe. 
you know, one of my friends many years ago said, and he was very astute with it. He said, a woman's heart will bloom when she knows a man's not going anywhere. Like she knows that this man is not leaving. He is not, he doesn't love you for certain things. He just, he loves you and he's not going to leave you and he's going to be with you and he's going to be your partner on this adventure and he will sacrifice for you. He will offer for you. He will lay down his life for you. I don't know any woman who would say no to that, (laughs) you know, that he's, that he is faithful, that he is true and that. And as a man that he can also rest in his own vulnerabilities as well, that he can find rest in the heart of Eve. And that's a beautiful thing of what you see the reciprocity of Adam and Eve when, when God brings Eve to Adam, like it, the, literally the, the language of Genesis changes. It literally becomes poetry. And he looks at her, he says, this, this one at last, like this one at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. And, you know, it's interesting that Eve is taken from Adam's side, that God removes her rib and the ribs are the, are the protection of the heart. So what is the thing that pierces the heart of a man but a woman? And what is her role is to be protection of his heart, right? And so you see that reality of the two becoming one. And so it's the same thing with men. I would highly recommend studying Theology of the Body, of reading the book Be Healed. Like the gift of your masculine genius that the world is just excoriating right now is just so destructive for every single person. Femininity is healed as masculinity is healed, the two go together. The one is not disparaged for the other. So we need both to go together. And that's the beautiful gift that men have of that restoration of the protection. So the bride can bloom. And so the heart becomes harmonious. Yeah. I love, I just love men. They're so great. Yeah. We need them, don't we? Yeah. (laughs) Yes, we do. We love them. We do. Absolutely. Don't listen to the culture. Absolutely. You're not toxic. You're fantastic. Yes. Uh, uh, I know it another chat for another topic, but mm-hmm. this has been happening. I'm there's, there's, it, we're, I'm so blessed to have so many questions. We're trying to get to them all. There's been a couple of repeat questions. I'm trying to get to those. Um, so there's been a couple of women who've been asking as a wife with no kids yet, how can I reflect on Mary's homemaking in this time in this season and their vocation? What about that? Mm-hmm. Sister Ram? Well, I think that's the, that's just the beautiful gift of the feminine heart. And so we are, you know, who is God sending? God is always sending people into our lives for us to, to be home to. And now I'm not, not in a weird, like codependent, you know, like caretaking way, but to be at home. And so it's not just, it's not just biological, like that's the fullness of like that desire in a certain sense of, of the reality of who we are as women in a particular way. There's a particular, obviously a fullness to that, but my goodness, you know, it's just the beauty of woman. We, we bring beauty and, and refuge and, and strength and safety everywhere we go. Like everything from checking out at the grocery store to the person who's selling us coffee to, you know, the women down the street that were, you know, bringing our kids to soccer practice or whatever else like that. That the thing is that, that that's just who we are as women, that we are a refuge. We are like Mother Mary Frances was saying that that's that is innate within us. And so it's allowing those to cultivating those the, those attributes of who we are, of our God given sensitivity, of our nurturing, of our receptivity, of our our attend our attentiveness, our intuition, our ability to to assess you know, situations and and to speak into them in, in the way only a woman can. And so we need that gift in the world. Like women, we need you. No, young, old, married, single, widow, divorced, like whatever your story is, we need you to be women. Like we need that gift as a woman that only you can live out, the particular aspect of femininity that only you can live out. We need you, which is why we're really incomparable. Like really, we can't compare each other to each other because we're we're not even we're not even comparable. It's just the particular essence of, and the radiation of God's love through you that you love in a way nobody else loves. You love God in a way that nobody else loves, and He loves you in a way that He doesn't love anybody else. Just it's just staggering. It's just so 
just the beauty of it. I know all of us get caught, myself included at times, just jealous or insecure and things like that. I'm like, oh, just it's just such little places of our hearts where we just, oh, we just forget. <laughs> we forget, you know, so. Love that. There's quite a few questions that really come down to a very particular topic, Sister Miriam. So mm-hmm. this question with, if we don't have a good um, concept of home or if we have a spouse that's not um, present, uh, how can we relate to Our Lady with no concept of home? Um, how can we create a space of home when it's not uh, agreed upon by everybody else with utilizing Our Lady as our model? Um, what do you yeah. what What do you think, Sister Miriam? Well, gosh, those are hard things, and I you know I think all of us face those situations to varying or lesser degrees because nobody has a perfect home. Nobody has a perfect home life. Nobody's a perfect spouse. Nobody has perfect kids. Like, so in, in, in very many ways, all of us face those things and in certain regards. And I, I think I really, I mean, coming like, like reading things that have helped me, like reading things like this, reading the truth of who Mary is and spending time with her. But it's really honestly my own, what I can say through my own journey is it's really been spending time with Mary. And like asking her, I spend time in her womb. Like, I just, I'm like, Mary, just tuck me away in your womb. Like, teach me, like, teach me what it means to be a woman. Teach me how to be a little girl. Teach me. And I can't tell you how much time I've spent just unpacking the things in my heart that when I found hesitancy toward her, like praying into like, what is that? Like, what is the hesitancy toward her? Where do I feel like she's unapproachable or where am I projecting kind of maybe some stuff from my own mind onto her? And I, so for me, it's like the, the, I, I read, I read a lot. I love, I love the world's greatest love by Bishop Fulton Sheen. Like it just, it's so great. Like I would highly recommend things like that, but there's nothing that really replaces just sitting with her and just asking the Holy Spirit, like Holy Spirit, speak to me, mother, Mary, speak to me, please teach me, you know, teach me what it means. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know you here. I don't know. And so it's, it's, it's been a long journey of a relationship with her that has um, just come through a lot of interaction with her, which, like I said, it still continues and amen to it. So I think, yes, reading really good things, but there's nothing that rep- like that re- replaces that that solid prayer time in our life of letting her speak to us because she wants to talk to us. You know, she's our mama. Mm. You know, I don't know about you, Sister Miriam. There's a lot more questions. I'll try to get to a couple more before we wrap up. But it sounds to me like there's such a common theme through many of these, not all, but many of these questions and really a beautiful, um, like one of the bedrocks, honestly, of Our Lady and the work that she does in the world, which is really healing. Yeah. I mean, Our Lady knows, Our Mother knows that we need healing, even with the word mother. Mm-hmm. She knows we need healing and being the woman that Christ has called us to be. She knows every suffering she knows your pain. She, she she knows every little pain point. And I just, in my mind, I, I see Our Lady at the foot of the cross holding her dead son. And she's like, I yeah. understand. Yes. I know your pain. Yeah. She has wounds as well. Perfect wounds, holy wounds that are filled yes. perfectly with Christ. Yeah. But Our Lady understands that. And yeah. she wants to help you with your healing. Yeah with your healing deeply ladies um and men but our lady is is that is she's she's one of the titles she was given i believe by john paul ii is the mediatrix of mercy that she is there she is there trying to help us beyond the journey to receive that full healing and reconciliation from christ jesus 
And Mm -hmm. she wants to guide us in that process. She knows our feminine heart. She has one as well. And so, so many of the questions that I, that I've been reading right here, I just really believe that the Holy Spirit is asking us, especially in this first week of Advent to maybe bring, maybe it's time we bring our wounds to the manger. Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's so absolutely lovely. And that is, that is all Our Lady wants for us is to bring us all the little parts of us into wholeness and communion with Jesus. Like that's, and she does it so graciously. She's so gentle and she's, that woman is fierce and she is so kind. She's just so, and one year my spiritual director for Advent just had me sit at the manger for a whole month. That's what I did. Every day in my prayer time, I would just go and sit. And sometimes I'd be far away against the wall. Sometimes I would be near. And then, you know, he, he would say, ask, ask Mary if you can hold Jesus. It just, it was written. I mean, it was so just the day after day of spending of holding Jesus and just noticing my own heart and, and yeah, like the manger is for children. It's it's for little ones. And and there's no better place to spend this Advent than just sitting there with them or, you know, being on the donkey with her as they go down to Bethlehem and just spending time with Jesus, Mary and Joseph, like Jesus and the woman, just even being in the presence of Mary and Joseph, their marriage is so beautiful. It's so healing just to be around them, just to be around their love. And that's a great idea is just to sit with the baby, just to sit for a month, just sit with them and just bring your wounds there. There's place, there's, there's a place just for each one of us right there. That just, that's nobody else can take. It's just our place that that they would love to have us there. Yeah. 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 Maybe one more question, shall we? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Let's go with this last question that we got uh, from Brenda. Can you speak on your thoughts on feminism in today's society? And how being a woman compared to a man is seen as less than and not equal with men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a long uh, that's a long story, and that's such a long. Uh, it just you see the rupture. It just it goes back to the rupture in the garden. Everything does like not, there's nothing really new under the sun, right? Of the rupture of of Adam and Eve and the harmony between between them and God, and then within themselves and also with each other. And it's the it is just the continued work of the enemy of the destruction of of the brother and the sister, right? That the, the male and the female, the, the counterparts to each other, the complementarity of the two of, of the revelation of how God loves through, 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 through the man and through the woman. And I, we will never St. Ambrose. I love St. Ambrose. And he says, we will never heal ourselves by wounding another. You know, we will never heal femininity by disparaging masculinity. We will, I mean, it just, it doesn't work like that. And so the only way for us is to be healed is to allow Jesus Christ to come and, and heal every single one of us as men and as women and to bring us into wholeness and community. The future is not female. The future is the restoration of masculinity and femininity into the glory of God. And so um, that's really, that's why we really have to know what we're about. We have to know the truth of masculine and femininity and the beauty of it, uh, the places where we're challenged, the places where God is calling us to deeper intimacy and to deeper complementarity in those places and, and to allow the Lord to do his healing work because he's given us to each other. And then that's for a reason, because that's how we image God, you know, in the gift of that regard. So, yeah. Amen. Yeah. There's a great book. If you don't know it already about this and it really lays out the history of it and all the little pieces that it's just was wonderful, which is called the anti Mary exposed by Dr. Carrie grass. That's yeah. That's intense. Yeah. That's a good one. I was like, Whoa. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That book will just lays everything out. We have, you can grab that book. We also have a course inside Lux university, luxuniversity.com on that book. And Dr. Carrie grass taught the course. 
Um, oh, cool. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And of course, Sister Miriam has a course inside Luxu too. So if you love this, go check out yeah. luxuniversity.com because you can grab a beautiful course on surrender. It is it is our shortest Luxu course. And it is the one of the most powerful courses we have. Um, oh, we get the you. most comments of, from women and men who are just like, God, the Holy Spirit is really working in their hearts because of what the Holy Spirit has done in your heart, sister. So it's just beautiful. Oh. Um, yeah, the title of the book is The Anti-Mary Exposed by Dr. Carrie Gress. So you can check that out. Thank you all so much. We'll be back with Father Donald Calloway, and he'll be speaking Yay. on St. Joseph of course, in his relationship to the Holy Family. Um, thank you all for being here. There's so many of you. And I just pray that Our Lady continues to just just keep us close to her immaculate heart. And sister, if you wouldn't mind closing us out in prayer, that'd be beautiful. Yeah, let's do that. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Oh, Jesus, we thank you for this time together. And I just ask that you would just tuck us away in your sacred heart, that you would keep us safe, Lord, that you would just allow us to refuge in you during this time of Advent. We pray for the safety, the quietness, the surrender, Lord, just to rest there upon your heart. And I ask you, Mother Mary, that you would intercede for us very deeply, that you would speak to each one of us, that we would come to know you in a new way this Advent season, Mama, that we could just rest upon you as home, that we would allow you to make our home and teach us how to be homemakers in a world that so desperately needs a place to call home in your son. We just ask for the grace just to surrender, Lord, and to be with you. And we ask that you would bless us and protect us during this time. And we make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lady, Queen of Peace, pray for us. Father, Son, Spirit, Amen. Wonderful. Thank you all so much for being here. All right. Yeah. That's a wrap. That's our first Advent chat. Sister Miriam, your joy as always. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, dear friends. Delightful to be with you and to all of you as well. God bless you all. Happy Advent and Merry Christmas. Next month <laughs> at the end, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Bye, friends. <laughs>